The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Gospel of the Lord. Pray with me, please. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. And we draw near to you, Lord, and your promise is that you draw near to us. So speak, Lord, and I pray that we have ears to hear what you're saying. And we have hearts to respond. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I could please be seated. Well, it's a joy to be with you uh, again. Um, I feel like I've been gone for a while. It's actually, I count, it's been five weeks since um, I was last in the pulpit. We've had guest uh, preachers. We um, were supposed to have been in Israel for a couple of weeks, and and, uh, we obviously had to cancel that trip. So um, I thank Dan for filling in uh, for those couple of weeks. But it's a joy to be back with you today. And, and um, I just will go ahead and tell you, and you probably have picked up from the readings, uh, today's a special day in the church of, uh, for St. Paul's Church because today is Stewardship Sunday. So out of all the Sundays that I'm chosen to preach, it's on stewardship, but it's okay. I, I really enjoy talking about stewardship. We talk about it here at St. Paul's Church just one time of year. Just like we celebrate Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, we set aside one day where we talk about stewardship because you see it's important to God. I've said it time and time again that one-sixth of the Gospels and one-third of the parables speak about stewardship. Because you see, God indeed has an opinion about stewardship, about management. It's what we do with what's been given to us. That's what stewardship is. Managing the property and the affairs of, of, of someone else. And there's a fundamental truth that we find when we talk about stewardship. And James writes about it in uh, James' epistle. He writes about it in James in uh, chapter 1, verse 16. He says, brothers... Don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who doesn't change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he has created. Very clear. That we, we are given life. This is God's gift to us. 
It, it is, he's entrusted life to us. We had nothing, nothing to do with our birth. We had nothing to do with our entrance into this world. It's all a gift. Life itself is a gift. And everything that it entails. Think about it. The very talent that we have is a gift. The abilities that we have, it's a gift. The privilege that we have, it's a gift. Even the possessions that we have, the opportunities that we have in life, it's all a gift. And it's been given to us in trust. By whom? By God. And Paul says in Romans 14, 12, that one day, one day, we're going to be called to give an account of our gift, an account of our life, an account of everything that's been entrusted to us. That's the promise of God. Tony Evans says it this way. He says there are going to be two questions when we cross across the Jordan River, when we come face to face with the Lord. Two questions. What did you do with my son? And then, what did you do with the stuff that I gave you? You see, God has an opinion. And for us to understand stewardship, we've got, it involves having faith. Faith. We read again in, in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And for a lot of us, as I've talked about before, that's a problem for us. It's in our hearing. We, Clay did a teaching not too long ago about hearing God's voice. We have a problem with, with hearing because there's so many competing voices. And the question is, which voice do we listen to? Which voice do we hear and which voice do we listen to? Because you see, as a follower, as a disciple of Christ, we've got to make a decision. Is God's word going to be our chief priority in life? Will it be our number one concern? Even when God's word seems to contradict what we believe to be right. Even when God's word contradicts our reason and what we think is best. You see, stewardship's important to God. And the primary area that we push back on God's word is with that. It's managing his stuff. It's money. It's the possessions that we have. We, we push back on this stuff. Jesus says today, did you hear in the gospel, that we can't serve both God and money. He has an opinion about that. Again, one-sixth of the gospels and one-third of the parables talk about this. Talk about money. Talk about possessions. Talk about our stewardship. And Jesus says today in the gospel that where, where our treasure is, there our heart will be. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be. Now, I think we all understand what treasure is, right? Treasure is what we value. Tre tre one man's junk is another man's treasure. Treasure has different meaning for all of us. We, we understand treasure. What about the heart? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What, what does that mean? What is the heart? What does the heart mean when we open up Scripture and we read? You see, our culture will tell us that heart is all about emotions and feelings. That's, no. 
The heart, as we open up the Bible, the heart is the control center of the whole being. That's what the heart is. It's the control center. We read in Proverbs 3, verse 5, that trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart. That's what hearts do. Hearts put their trust in something. We read in Genesis in chapter 6, the inclination of the heart. The heart faces things. And so what Jesus is saying is that where your treasure is, there is your heart. So the heart becomes the place where we decide what we're going to treasure. What our supreme good is. What our ultimate hope is. I love the way that William Temple, Archbishop William Temple said this. He said that our religion is what we do in our solitude. Think about that. Our religion is what we do in the quiet, in the solitude. He's saying that the thing that we most cherish, the thing that we most adore, the thing that we most trust in, the thing that we most hope in, the thing that we most look for our salvation, is the thing that our mind automatically goes to in solitude. Think about that. I mean, we, how many of us actually spend time in solitude with the Lord. I mean, we're, we're so connected with social media. We go into our quiet times, and what do we take in our solitude time? We take our phones. We take our iPads. We take our computers. We take all these assortments of books. And we're never at peace and solitude with the Lord, just quiet. Because you see, when we get in that space, just being alone with him, with nothing else, no competing voices. What we think about is an indicator of our heart. The heart is the seat of the greatest love. And hear this, whatever the heart wants the most, the mind finds reasonable. Whatever the heart wants the most, the emotions find desirable. Whatever the heart wants the most, the will finds doable. So the core of our being, whatever our heart is set on, affects our minds, it affects our wills, it affects our emotions. So wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. We're to live... Jesus says, with an eternal perspective. Don't store up treasure on earth where your treasure can be taken from you. It's of no value. But store up treasure in heaven where it'll have value. It won't be taken from you. We're to live with an eternal perspective. I've quoted this before. And it's from the book, J.I. Packer's book, Laid Back Religion. And he talks about this eternal perspective. Listen yet again. If you've heard it, listen again. He's saying that the longer we live for heaven, we, we live for the goals of this world. There's living for heaven, and then there's living for the goals of the world. I got that little mixed up. 
The longer that we live here on earth, we find ourselves living for the goals of this earth, even when there is an eternal perspective. We find ourselves living for pleasure. We find ourselves living for profit and privilege. We find ourselves living for happiness above holiness, is what Packer says. We find ourselves living for blessing here above blessings hereafter. There's no eternal perspective. We find ourselves with with health and wealth as being the greatest gift that God can give us today. That's what he's saying. And he says in his book, Laidback Religion, that, that our Christianity is out of shape. That we've lost sight of what is next, an eternal perspective. We've lost an understanding that life today is just preparation for life hereafter. And he makes the point that we live. We live for the moment. We live, as, 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 as I've said before, as practical atheists. We live for now as if there is no tomorrow. And we live in conflict. And this is what Jesus is saying. Store up treasures in heaven and not on earth. Where your treasure is, there your heart would be. There's an eternal perspective. And there's one that's greater than, than our five senses, this eternal perspective. This is why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. And it's found in a relationship with him. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. We're to live as citizens in the kingdom of God. And if we live as citizens in the kingdom of God, then we live in relationship, in right relationship with Jesus. And if we live in right relationship with Jesus, then it's a relationship that's defined in love. And you've heard me say this before, that the first fruit of love is obedience. It's obedience to following what he says. It's obedience to following the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that's where we struggle. We struggle trusting him at his word. Believing it the way that he says it, which is what faith is. We struggle when it comes to our stuff. It comes to our possessions. It comes to our money. We tend to trust other voices, all those competing voices. We tend to trust our financial advisors. We tend to trust our, our, our accountants. We tend to trust any voice other than God's trust, God's voice. Stewardship. Stewardship is managing the property and the affairs of someone else. That's, that's what stewardship is. And everything we heard today in, in, the, in the psalm reading, that everything belongs to the Lord. That's the fundamental truth of life. He's the creator. Gift of life is, 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 is a gift. Which voice do we listen to? You see, faith is believing it and then acting upon it. And when we believe in what the Lord is saying then we give. And he says, give a tenth of what I've given to you. You see, that's the standard in Scripture. We call it a tithe. That's the beginning point with God. It's the tithe. The tithe is to present to God what is His. 
And we get confused with this. Did you hear it in the reading today out of Malachi? Malachi's the last prophet that we read in the Old Testament. And a prophet is a, is a person that, that is speaking the word of God in the first person as if God himself is speaking. So Malachi is speaking for the Lord to the people of God. And he's saying, you robbed me. And then we say, well, how do we rob you, Lord? You robbed me in your tithes and your offerings. And then he says, this is what I want you to do. This is God speaking through Malachi to the, to the people of God. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. There, there may be food. And then he says, test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. How do we rob God? We rob him with our tithes. We rob him with our offerings. You see, a tithe is something that we owe to God. And when we fail to give to him what is his, you know what that is? That's robbing him. That's his word to his people. Do we believe that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And the word of God today says, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord to the local storehouse. Do you know what the local storehouse is? It's the local church. It's where we're fed. It's where we're nourished. He says, return to the Lord the full tithe. And see if I'm not going to bring blessing. And he says, test me. It's the only time we read in Scripture where the Lord says, test me. And see if I won't bring blessing as you return to me a portion of what I've given to you, what I've given to you to manage and steward for me. What's the blessing? The blessing is that our heart begins to change. You see, it's not a proof text for a prosperity gospel where if I give to God, he's going to give me back four times as much. No. The blessing is that we, we become more like him. That's storing up treasure in heaven. And as we grow more and more into his likeness, then we take on his character. And the very character of God is to be a giving God. And he proves it, doesn't he? Doesn't he prove that he's a giving God? It's not an obligation. It's not a ritual. He proves it on the cross where he freely gives And he gives it all, not just a leg or an arm. He gives it all. We take on that nature. Maybe some of y'all have heard about a man named William Borden. Not the Borden condensed milk fame. But this Borden family that was made wealthy in the Colorado silver mine back in the 1800s. William Borden was a young man, he, and he had a call of God. He, he wanted to preach to, to Muslims in China, but before he did that, he went to Cairo, Egypt. And, and, and Borden, this young man, he gave away 
all of his wealth. And as he was there in Cairo, Egypt, he was, he was proclaiming the gospel to Muslims. He died at 25 years old. And inscribed on the tombstone is this. Apart from faith in Christ, there is no explanation for such a life. You see, the world would say that he squandered his wealth, he squandered his life. The world says, you live for today with no eternal perspective. And what God is saying to us today, live in such a way that apart from faith in Christ, there's no explanation to how we live. We live with eternal perspective. He's a giving God, and we're created to be givers just like him, to take on the family resemblance. Stewardship, my friends, I say time and time again, follows discipleship. As we grow deeper and deeper in our, in our relationship with the Lord, guess what? So grows our stewardship because we actually believe him that everything's given to us as a gift, and we trust him with our lives, with our, with our families, with our money. Jesus says, lay up treasures in the right place. Lay up treasures in heaven. I, I, just, I just want to read quickly from Corinthians. Listen to this. This is a church. The church in Macedonia. Corinthians 8, 1. Brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Listen to this. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. It becomes a reflection of God's grace. Giving is a privilege. It's not just a luxury for the rich. It's a privilege for all. We see that with the Macedonian church. We see it with Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector? He's robbing people, uh, his fellow people of, of money. But then he has an encounter with Jesus. And the grace of God is poured upon Zacchaeus. And he has a heart change. He says, I'm going to give back half of everything. And if I rob somebody and cheated somebody, I'm going to pay them back four times. This response is one of generosity and giving. From the grace of God, we say it every week, ascribe to the Lord the honor to his name. Bring offerings. You see, the promise of Scripture is that we cannot outgive God. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Listen to this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. We cannot outgive God. And he says, trust me, test me.
The standard of giving is to tithe. It's 10%. That's what's expected by God. That's what he says today. And it's meant to be a moment of worship. Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name. It's not meant to be one of ritual, one of obligation, one of just, I'm going to tip God. It's a privilege like the Macedonian churches. Stewardship follows discipleship. And where our treasure is, there our heart is. Can we trust him? Do we dare to test him? I want to close with with the illustration I've used before, a true story about how dads teach their children to trust in Africa. Maybe you've heard this. The fathers in Africa will take their three-year-old children and they'll put them up in a tree, put them up into a limb, a high tree. And then the father will stand below and, and he'll, he'll say, now jump. And of course, the child's up there holding on, afraid. And he says, you can trust me, I'm, I'm here. I'll catch you. Until finally, that child jumps into the arms of his loving father. This is what God invites us to do. Just trust him. We say, well, wait a minute. The stock market is really down right now, T. You know, you know what the interest rates are? And they're going up higher. I've got house payments. I've got college I've got children in private school. The Lord says, I know that. I know that. Trust me. Trust me. Let me into the picture. Test me. He's a giving God. And our response is one of giving back to him. Just a portion of what he's given to us. Because he gave us everything out of love. Even life itself. Thank you, Lord. For this precious gift of life. And everything entailed with it, Lord. Thank you for your provisions, Lord, your daily provisions. And, Lord, I just pray that our hearts were aligned with our treasures. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.